Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. And today we are going to discuss a very merry little meet cute, which is by Julie Morf- Murphy and Sierra Simone and was published in September 2022 by Avon Publishing. Avon is the romantic fiction imprint for HarperCollins Publishing. Julie Murphy is a former librarian turned author who is responsible for the best-selling book, Dumplin'. She identifies as a cisgender bisexual who uses she, her, or they, them pronouns. Sierra Simone is also a former librarian who enjoys writing the dirtiest things she can think of per her biography. One of her popular series is the erotica series, The Priest. And yes, it is a taboo erotic romance involving a priest, for anyone wondering. The plot for A Very Merry Little Meat Cute is Bianca Von Honey is a successful plus-size adult film star. Nolan Shaw is an ex-boy band member looking to reform his image to better support his family by starring in a holiday film. And he has always enjoyed the career of Bianca Von Honey. But a wooden tusk finds him starring across from B. Hobbs, a.k.a. Bianca Von Honey. The two try to do everything they can to hide her past while falling into bed together. Okay, Sarah, what'd you think? So I um I liked parts of this book. Okay. But the thing that gets me, and it happened like right near the end, because it was so unnecessary, and yet it happened multiple times, was the cantaloupe slander. The best melon. <laughs> and they talk like it's disgusting. It's like there's honeydew, which is pure garbage and then there's water which is watery garbage and then you have delicious cantaloupe and they're like ew it's so gross no one wants to eat it it's like bitch i don't know where you're from but that's the best one um now i don't agree with your watermelon views i love watermelon um but cantaloupe. i don't agree agree. with your guys's honeydew views but you know (laughs) well and then honeydew will always remind me of that other book so and we know how well I like that book. Oh, no, I didn't need that reminder. <laughs> but it also just tastes terrible in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love all melons. I am a multi-melon connoisseur. <laughs> Which, in the context of this book, sounds really perverted. Um, yep. Okay, so the cantaloupe slander pissed you off. Anything else you disliked about it? Or for the most part, you liked it? Not really, actually. I, I quite enjoyed the rest of it. Um, so it was going pretty well. And I was like, hey, don't say that about cantaloupe. And then they did it again. And I was like, what did, what did cantaloupe do to these people? This it's person totally, is what I meant to say. They, they completely people. ended on the full, like, the. Did you the... hear that sound? Uh uh-uh. uh. Great. Okay, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they ended on a big note with cantaloupe, just like totally. Um and all over fashion on the cantaloupe yep you're fine sarah we can't hear anything we can't hear anything it's well we'll mention if we can here i think water i think there's water running through the pipes on the other side of the wall and just (laughs) sounds like a dull roar no you're good you're good okay so you enjoyed it i didn't think with all of the sex in it that you would you didn't think i would enjoy it but i when you read the description that was one i was interested in and i was persistently saying i think i might enjoy it and then i did so well, stuck on it um I, no I'm, I'm glad 
because I, I I read it and I went, oh, I don't I don't think Sarah's gonna like this one. Um. Okay, so we had to take a quick pause there. Uh, Sarah's in the process of making some life changes and they're disrupting her. <laughs> so it's really vague and very mysterious, but yes. <laughs> well, you don't like sharing those kinds of details about yourself. That's why I made it as vague and mysterious as possible. Sarah is a big mysterious anomaly that people will never understand. And I'm just going to play to that. Um Anyways, so what I was saying is, is I really, I read it because when I read the description, I was like, oh, this is, this is a, a thing, something Sarah, some, this is something Sarah would like. <laughs> then I read it and I went, oh God, there is too much sex. I could never get Sarah to read this. She'll get through like the first six chapters and be like, no, I'm not doing this. And so that's when I warned you guys, I don't think we should do this one. And then Sarah, you're like, well, I'm going to read it anyways. I'm like, well, if you're going to read it anyways, we might as well have the fodder. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, for what it was, it had less sex than I was expecting. It wasn't as graphic as I was expecting. Yes, there were graphic moments, but honestly, it fades to black more often than it does in these other books where it's just totally gratuitous. So it's like, this is tastefully done porn, all things considered. <laughs> um, and then, like, I, I feel like you go halfway through the book before they really start having these encounters that often so it's like oh and the other thing too is that it's like entirely appropriate moments to have sex but more appropriate than again in other books where there are you know more pressing things going on in the background and the characters like a war going on in the background (laughs) yeah so it was like overall it fit better into the story I was already willing to accept it based on the premise of one of the characters being a porn star and, you know, I actually don't think I really skipped any smut scenes because, again, they didn't seem to drag on and on. I just kind of, I, I might have skimmed a couple, but. I'm so proud um, of you. I mean. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Kim, what did you think? So, I started out not liking it. I thought it jumped into the smut really fast. Um unrealistically fast i don't think people are going to be going as hot and heavy as those two were um as quickly as they did it was what a couple of days but uh, yeah i guess um (laughs) but then i began to like it and then (laughs) i was gonna say i was gonna say enjoy it but i i didn't want that to 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 be come off wrong delve into yeah um and then i ended up really liking it and and it was the characters they they write characters very well it was the characters who who got me through to the end um yes i think i ended up liking it i i think if you go into this book and you recognize that like the premise is very much a christmas book it's it's shallow thrust together to each other like it's absurd 
And it's supposed to be, because again, I mean, compare this to the matzo ball and other things that we've done in previous years. Christmas books like this just like throw absurdity at you. This made so much more sense than the matzo yes. ball. Yes, it did. Yes. I just want to point that out. Yes, but but there is that kind of, you read these kinds of stories and you're just supposed to like believe that the absurd is happening. It's Christmas magic. Um but I think the big thing is these authors did a really good job developing interesting characters and not just interesting main characters. I feel like almost every single side character we were given had a lot of personality to the point that I was like, I wouldn't mind having Sunny's story. I wouldn't mind having Caleb's story. I wouldn't mind having Luca's. You know, there was plenty of other characters. I was like, man, if they want to continue writing in this universe, I'm down for it. Yeah, I uh, after I finished reading, I clicked on it in Goodreads to see if it was part of a series because I was really hoping that it was like there was also a Calum story and like an Isaac story. I just wanted the rest of them. Yeah, but there wasn't, and I was disappointed. To be fair, it just came out two months ago. Yeah, three months ago, technically, when this episode comes out. So, by the way, this is our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Um, but is this coming out so- on Christmas? Uh, like a couple of days beforehand but it's it's our bonus it's our bonus holiday episode timed for around christmas um ruining the magic i know just asking questions (laughs) but i'm hoping it does it in the back indicates that these two authors will be writing together again and on both of their author websites they have sections dedicated to their dual writing together so i think they enjoyed the writing process and plan to collaborate again and i will happily happily give anything they read a try um i obviously i enjoyed this i got it as an arc because i was trying to find us a christmas book to read or a holiday book to read or multiple ones um i thought it was hilarious i was laughing through the entire thing i read it so fast uh and then I got to reread it again. And what I love is they actually did this one as a hardcover, which is such a weird thing. But like romance books, they usually don't do hardcovers for. So like I'm excited that like I have a hardcover that's actually going to hold up better to multiple reads because I definitely could see myself coming back and reading this again as a holiday book just for like the fun of it. Mm-hmm. So and also the um the uh uh dust jacket is very pleasing it has multiple different textures on it like the snow is all smooth and slick and then like the sky has like a slight grit to it and so it's fun to touch anyways (laughs) (laughs) so let's start with bianca what do you guys think of bianca or b kim because you have to call us out because we're children we don't like to speak first um gotta call in the class yeah I really like B. Um, I like that she uh, was, stop, Kat, um, was fully accepting of the choices that she had made in her life. And she wanted those choices. You know, she she wanted to own her choices and, and was, you know, not going to apologize to anybody for who she was. Um, so I like that about her. And I like that they 
address the fact that she was body self-conscious, but had decided to just accept it Mm -hmm. and then had to come to terms, even if it was in the past with the fact that I'm going to kill a cat. Um, Hello, lap. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> it's kind of ominous when you say, I'm going to kill a cat, and then you turn your camera down so you can't witness because what you're about to do. It's, she's freaking out because the snake is in my lap. Maybe and now she's just attacking. She's just attacking things. Anyway, I like that. And then she was, you know, just taking ownership of it, but still self-conscious about it. I need yeah. something... Why don't you put the snake away? He's under a blanket. She's mad because she can't get to him. So she's attacking that, other shit. That, that, doesn't that doesn't negate putting him away. Doesn't need to be put away. She needs to behave herself. Okay, there we go. I chased her away. For the moment. moment. She's acting like the cords are the snake and that's what's bothering me because last thing I need is Connor to start she's going to start chewing on cords chewing like on cords yeah. okay so anyway. so you any other thoughts on B no I liked her she okay cool. Sarah what did you think of B I liked her as well pretty much for the same reasons that Kim like already okay. cited um yeah she was uh and I feel like the things she did, the actions she took, how she responded to events in the book, it all made sense. It all seemed mm-hmm. rational. There were points where I was getting frustrated or like rolling my eyes or going to be like, oh, no, she's going. Or there were times when I was like, oh, great, here we go. Now someone's going to get all upset. And then there was like maybe a moment where they had like, like with the, uh, oh, God. You know, I read this yesterday and I can't even pulled a specific event out of my head that I'm trying to think are of. you are you thinking of when he makes the statement that they're just like possibly but there was possibly another point too because I feel or like the when she falls she off actually, the horse yeah maybe the horse one yeah I thought okay. that was gonna be a bigger deal than it was and I was like oh um but no I she was very rational about it and I just I appreciate that and people yes especially for like romances when they often depend on miscommunication but that really wasn't the case here no Um, at least well okay it was miscommunication but it was not miscommunication in the relationship yeah it was miscommunication with the world at large which i kind of liked as a play on that whole miscommunication being the driving plot point but not falling on the trope of it being because the two lead characters can't talk to each other. Um, instead, it's we're lying to the rest of the world and that's what's creating the conflict. Yeah. So they were really good at talking to each other. Yes, I liked that. And I, so I love two things about, a couple of things about me. Primary things is I love the fact that this is positive sex worker representation. The, the conflict isn't that she is a sex worker. The conflict isn't that she enjoys doing that. Never once does Nolan have a problem with that. So I love the fact that we have uh, two people who can have a healthy conversation about the fact that this is how she makes her money. Yeah. And, and 
if someone is going to consume that content, let's do it in a healthy way. And, you know, it addresses the fact that bees, you know, she makes the comment that she gets tested regularly. It is in her, her, her voicemail about testing, you know, having the conversation of how it requires negotiation of how scenes are handled, who she's working with, you know, the talk about the fact that some of the production companies aren't positive production companies and she lucked out. But also the fact that she struggles because she is plus-sized and not everyone is willing to work with her because of that. So I like the fact that these authors included healthy discourse without making it a plot point. Like, it's it's not a driving plot factor. It's just there. And it reminds us that sex workers are just people. They're usually more likely women. And they're just trying to make money. <laughs> um and then i liked the plus size aspect of it as well because b was confident but that didn't mean that she was too confident um i i enjoyed the fact that when they're first interacting nolan's like you don't you don't need to suck in your stomach you don't you don't need to not press into me you know you you don't have to hold yourself back and she's like well i'm so used to having to think about whether the person really actually wants to be touching me, whether or not, um, you know, it looks good from a camera angle. She's like, so I am self-conscious of it in that sense. And so I liked the fact that we can address that you can be plus sized, be confident. And that doesn't mean you don't have hangups. You're not suddenly like overly confident. You just. Well, and I like the fact that it, it addressed the fact that men can be attracted to that also. Um, without over sexualizing it you know he wasn't sitting there yeah. going oh i love your stomach let me yeah manhandle it it was yeah i'm attracted to you not not because you're fat not because you're thin not because you're whatever it's you the whole person so i liked that um any other thoughts on b no nope. no okay so what about nolan Sarah. I like Nolan. Um, <laughs> I, when I started reading, I did not remember the premise of the book exactly. I just, mm-hmm. I knew that there was a character who was a porn star who was cast in a Christmas movie to star opposite some dude. Okay. That was like the most I remembered, right? And I didn't reread the like the little jacket blurb, whatever, because. I'll figure it out as we go along, you know? So I was expecting him to be like completely ignorant as to who Bianca mm-hmm. was when he like first met her and everything. Um, and I definitely saw the story going in a completely different direction because of that. Um, but I do like that she made him the way she, or they, since or two, two authors. authors. I don't know if they like wrote one character each or if they just kind of, colluded their way through um so what i i do know based off of their other content is one author her books their books because she's the um cisgender bisexual um she focuses heavily on body positivity dumplin is about um plus size she's also responsible for the plus sized faith 
um, superhero. She's written for that as well. So she emphasizes a lot of plus size content in her books. And then the other author, Sierra, she does a lot of erotica stuff. So I don't know if it's so much that they like each picked a character and tossed them together or if it was certain ones handled certain types of content others handled that um honestly it's impressive because i can't tell completely yeah you really it, it's actually seen. pretty seamless yeah i think they wrote it together just just by reading it um just because the the body positivity comes from both angles and the mm-hmm. erotica comes from both angles. And so I think, you know, they wrote out whatever they wrote out and then just, and then fleshed it out together. together. And, yeah. yeah. Um, it would be interesting to know. It would be, that would be a fun conversation to have with a, with an author is, or a pair yeah. of authors is to find out how they, how they did that. Um, depending on how good they are, they probably blocked it out first and then, and then just started writing from there and probably passed it back and forth. Who are you looking at? Sorry, the dogs are barking, so I'm glaring at the oh. door because <laughs> no one is responding to them. Um, yeah, well, and I mean, okay, so completely throw it under the bus. Sarah and I have read Zodiac Academy. And I know from experience, those are two sisters and they each write particular characters. Oh, do they? And it is, yes. They each have particular one twin for each of the for each sister. And then they each write particular male characters from different point of views oh yeah i can see that because yeah i definitely i remember at the early books yeah getting that different tone um and so i have read we've read stuff where it's very obvious that it's two authors writing certain sections together or uh separate and then coming together for the overall story with their sections um this one definitely does not feel like that yeah no it doesn't Um, well, we read the one book that was about the boy band and those were written. Yes. And those did also and, feel a little bit yeah. switchy. Um, yeah. So your, your pride pick, Sarah. <laughs> no, I know. What it's called. Yeah. 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 Well, you were giving me like, you looked a little like. Zone I was out, like it was digging through my memory to pull the title. Um, but all I can think of is kiss and tell, because that was a recent boy band book I read. Mm. Uh, no, it was it a like longer this, title. The Sense with Us or something? No, that's a different book uh, that I've also read. Um, I can just read such with an N. Never? No. Uh, give me if this gets second. out? If this gets out, that's what it is. If this gets out. None of those words start with N. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> But with that one, you could definitely tell one writer wrote one character and one writer wrote another character. And then there was mm. other characters in there that didn't feel quite right. And it, I remember us discussing, we weren't quite sure uh, who was writing what or if they tried to write it together. And anyway, it, it, these two the, these two authors did this book very, very well. It, but I, yes. I, think, I think they both took hands at writing it, meaning, you know, whether they sat down together and one typed while they, you know while they discussed it, or whether one started writing and then the other one would go in and over the same same words and and yeah add and, you know, edit and tweak and yeah, but pretty pretty impressive because yeah it, it was smooth throughout. Yeah, you know it's, it's 
Yeah. Yeah. Completely and utterly seamless. I didn't know it was two authors. I mean, yes, I picked up the book, which had the cover book on it, ignored that, but I got like halfway through and at one point when I went to pick up the book, I was like, oh, certain by two people. Didn't even realize. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't read like two people. It, it very much reads like this was one cohesive mind. Honestly, like it, if people are ever wanting to study how to successfully write something so it runs smoothly, this is what, you know, you well, got multiple is, archers. This would be the one I recommend. This one. I feel like Good Omens that, would yeah. also work. Just yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, the fact that they could have the same voice, meaning the, the writing voice, not the voice of the, the characters and all of that, but the same writing voice throughout it. That's That's really impressive. A lot of writers can't do that. And I, you know what, I'll even argue, this might actually achieve it a little bit better than Good Omens. Good Omens, I could always tell who kind of was the initial, which author was the initial inspiration for particular characters. Um, Here, I'm not so sure. Like, Good Omens is is pretty seamless, but you you can still, like, Crowley clearly comes off as a game-in-style character. Um, as Azrael Azira fail. thank you. I wanted to say Azrael, but I knew it wasn't Azrael. Uh, it comes off as more of a Terry Pratchett style character. Um, but is that reading, or is that your knowledge of of who? Kind no, of it, who? no, it was very much like, and and part of it is because I know Gaiman's character types so well that like I could identify like clearly characters that were his inspiration so then that comes from knowledge outside the book though not from reading it yeah but that's what i'm saying is it it it's so i just asked that exact question and then you said no that's why i I thought when you said knowledge outside of the book i thought you meant like i read something and i knew confirmation going into it okay Your, your knowledge of these writers Yes, my experience with these those writers and for Good Omens made it easier for me to identify. Reading yeah. this, obviously, I had a little less experience, but I was like Sarah. I kept forgetting that it was actually written by two people. I didn't. So, know. so <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter to me. So, um, but Nolan, we were discussing Nolan. Yeah, getting back to Nolan. Um, B, I like Nolan. I think I actually like B a little bit better, which is unusual for Same. me. Um, I feel like B was just fleshed out a little bit more. Nolan was kind of just like, not generic, but still kind of getting to that. Like, he was pretty wholesome, just like this good guy. Yeah. No, I don't know. Not a lot going on with him. But, uh, you know, I appreciated his care for his mom and his sister. Um, I think. I think Nolan suffered from the fact that he wasn't interacting with a lot of people that he actually knew beforehand. B actually had a lot of her cohorts, so they knew her. So we got more of her personality coming through. She's interacting with Sunny, um, Mom and Mama Pam, Luca, while as Nolan was pretty exclusively isolated in this. Um, Because I did actually really like him when he was like, hanging out with Calum towards the end. I was like, oh, I'd love yeah. to see more of this. Uh, do you want to share your oh, story yeah. there, Kim? Because, okay, so Calum's the one that was in California. That's the pizza guy. That's oh, the one who Calum's helps take care of his mom. Guy. Isaac, Isaac is the one. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac's Isaac in California. Is that, that, 
Okay, so when I started liking Nolan is when he went home. So when he yeah. was interacting with his sister and we got to see him there. Um, but yeah, when he, um, I actually, for the first time in a long time, cried in this book. And it's, it was so disappointing to me that it was a page. And it was him, it was, it was Nolan and Isaac on the patio discussing Isaac's wife's death. And I'm like, I want this story bad. I want to see these, this boy band when they were young. I want to know how Isaac ended up with, what was her name? I can't remember. Uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And um, the impact of her death on all three of them, because I think her death had a huge impact on all three of them. Um, so, so that means she was part of that group in some way, shape or form. So yeah, I was, I, I wanted that story hard. Um, and it ain't going to happen anytime soon. So, but yeah, I teared up as the two of them were talking and I, I could, I could envision him, Nolan turning and hugging his friend and it never happened. And, and Isaac just kind of walked away from him and I'm like, no, go hug your friend. He needs a hug. Um, so yeah, it was, that was hard. Um, but I agree in the beginning, Nolan was really hard to identify with. He was, but I think it's intentional. Yeah. He was I, so separate. I think we're from... supposed to question until the end as to whether he was actually going to sacrifice himself for her. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, 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 th I thought it was actually well played out because I did end up really liking him when I thought eh, he's just going to be the Duke, you know, and, and always just kind of be the good looking guy and that she's supposed to interact with. And um, instead I we did, got his story too. I did love the conflict between him and Luca though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I loved that Luca had decided he hated him. And Nolan managed to redeem that. And then Luke is like, I have to question my entire existence. Everything <laughs> I have determined in my life and believed is wrong. You have changed it for me forever. And I was like, oh, Luca, you're so exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, Luca wasn't my favorite character. I thought I thought Luca was a little um over the top, but oh, I loved him for being over the top. I was like, yeah, you know what? He was meant to be over the top, and it was. <laughs> It was great. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of Lucas, Sarah? I found him entertaining. Okay. So going back to Nolan, um, I did find, I liked the fact that he was so determined to help his family. Um, I think especially towards that beginning, as we got to learn about that, uh, that made it easier to like him. Uh, it did make me question, though, how he, I, unless it didn't cost much, how was he affording his top tier subscription to Bianca <laughs> when he has that to was, pinch Benny's to pay bills? It's like, that was probably his one indulgent expense. That's yeah. Like, I, I just accepted it was probably enjoy, but when he yeah. when yeah. was like really pressing how much he did not have like any money at all, I was like, hmm. But I, I would argue that it, it probably isn't so much that he didn't have enough money. It's that his mother's expenses were unpredictable. Yeah. And so there, there was that. And, and touching on um, 
healthcare in in a way that was um handled nicely but really i think they could have hit it a little bit harder um in addressing the fact that when a prescription you get a new prescription you don't know yeah you don't know until you show up to the pharmacy that oh this prescription and you need this particular one this one's going to cost you two thousand dollars a month Whereas the one before that one was covered by your insurance and that one's only going to cost you, you know, your copay. Um, yeah. And I think, I think, I think the writers could have hit that a little bit harder to make it a, a, a bit more um, of a social thing that they could have discussed on this, but it was, I mean, I, so that's what I think when it comes to Nolan, I think that the expenses were unpredictable rather than. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it's it, cause the impression I got is, is it wasn't that subscribing to, B Bianca every month was a massive expense. It was the school, the medication, the unexpected doctor bills. Those were the things. And you know, we all have our, I mean, at least I have, you know, you have your your subscription, your your Netflix or your Hulu. And that 15 to 20 dollars is much easier to squeeze out than the hundred dollar you know dental bill or the two hundred dollar doctor bill or you know what have you and so I think that's that's I can relate to that you know you you have that thing you do for yourself because there's nothing you can do really yeah. about the bigger things and it also really didn't seem like he had anything else going yeah for him personally so yeah no he it's seems just, pretty attached to that how much exactly <laughs> Since he had what? Oh man, I forgot what the subscription tier was called. But he had the uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, like the but it couldn't possibly be that much. He, he did say he actually liked his job in tech for oh, for true. theater production. It just wasn't a lot yeah. of money. It wasn't enough that he could just, especially with unpredictable unpredictable expenses. Yeah, like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, out of nowhere. And then or, you, you know, have no one else who can help. So the, his mom couldn't work. His sister is still a teenager. It, yeah, and was kind his, of working. Yeah. And his, his, you notice his friend actually employed his sister. With her. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, those who could work, I, I was wondering at some point, why didn't the friend didn't employ the mother also that she could just go in on those days that she could just work. Um, but I think things were kind no of out of control. Care. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, that's where I was going to go. I think things were out of control up until that point. Cause she said she was starting to volunteer and starting to find time. So I think they were still working on getting her bipolar under control. Well, and, and cause the only thing I wish is it, it being a little bit more clear how recently his father had passed. Um, because I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be that he passed pretty recently and she was still recovering from because because they said he used to handle it pretty she used to handle it pretty well father really helped cover the things that she couldn't handle um and once he left oh yeah 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 that's because it was pretty early on nolan's talking about the fact that he for the longest time he didn't realize how rough his mother's bipolar truly was because when it was bad his father managed it he helped her manage it Mm. um then he passed unexpectedly and the combination of the loss of him and his support caused her to 
to really go down. And I just couldn't figure out if that was like within the last year or two. And it took her a couple of years to recover or what have you. Um, or if, if Nolan himself couldn't figure out how to truly help her manage it up until this situation was starting to happen. Um, plus, I know from looking at mental disorders only because I have my own, uh, bipolar can is so is so like tricky so so it's a thin line um and the more extreme you have it the thinner that line is and the littlest thing can suddenly like make you want to unable to function because the highs can be so high and the lows can be so low and which when nolan touches on that which gives me the impression that hers was it was pretty rough is because he, he makes that comment that her highs are magnificent but then the lows are equally like difficult um so it could be wet when she's when she's in the highs she's almost unable to work because she's too energetic and then you turn around and you have those lows where you can't function to work. So she probably was extreme enough that work wasn't a viable option. Yeah. So. But yeah. And I did like that. I will say I liked getting that mental health representation in this as well. That that recognition of seeing it from a family, family member's point of view as opposed to, like, say, making him have it. Um. So the care of that process and and the recognition that sometimes the family, like in his case, he was really, really overprotective of it. And his mother was like, you can, you can back up. You okay there, Kim? Well, I, yeah. Oh, you. It, I think it paused. And so you look like you were like, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there were implications of mental health for him um, with out diving into it because and i think he's got an obsessive personality um he was obsessive about being the bad boy to you know mm -hmm. taking things to the extreme when he was in the boy band um and then obsessive about b while she was this thing on yeah his phone that he watched and instead of a real person um interesting that he could convert that obsession to actual healthy relationship um yeah but, you know if that lasts or not um i i found the conversation between the two of them about whether he was comfortable with her continuing in her her career and he mm -hmm. was able to find a way to apply his his i'll, I'll just continue to say obsession his obsession with her um to her his feelings rather than her body or her profession. yeah um, yeah so i thought that was a really interesting twist and and i this is this is the thing that had me uncomfortable with the book as i was reading it and sarah kind of touched on it earlier is i was anticipating different plot points and they 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 managed to twist it every single time so that I could then forgive what I was anticipating because the end, what I was anticipating never happened. So then yeah. by the time I got to the end of the book, I actually really quite liked the book, but while I was reading, I was annoyed with it because I kept anticipating things to go to shit in the writing and it didn't. So I, you know, they're, they're good writers. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. No, I, I, 
I enjoyed it because every time I was like, oh, no, they're going to take that turn. And then it would get to that moment where I knew the beat was coming and they change it. They It was like like they would change the rhythm of the, the story for a moment. And I was like, oh, OK, I can I'm going to trust think, that. I think because they did that, it made it a far more realistic story because this is how mature normal people would respond um, to these outrageous situations because i mean who's yeah gonna end up in a christmas town filming a movie after being a porn star or a, a boy band singer you know it uh, it's becoming more and more likely what there are actually quite a few number of um adult film stars who have managed to translate now oh, into yeah, film yeah, and yeah. the same with boy, ex-boy band members have managed to translate themselves into film not always successfully yeah. but like it was it was realistic enough that I was like, I could see that happening. It would be a yeah. weird movie. Um, but like, I could see it happening. Pause for just a second. But it, I can't remember now. I thought it was, I thought it was well handled. So yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. No, it, it definitely changes expectations um as you're reading it because yeah when he first met, met her like i thought oh he's not going to realize it's b we're going to deal with the whole her persona versus you know her reality isn't going to be the same but when he looked at her and went that's bianca von honey i was like oh okay he's in on it let's see where this goes yep. that was the moment that they won me over and i was like let's just see where this goes let's let's Took me much longer, but I I, did I know it, it did. By the end, <laughs> you were you had a really hard time with the beginning. I did, but again, you were I just kept like, expecting it to be what it was, what you would typically get in these types of stories, which is an over exaggeration of these situations, and and they didn't over exaggerate the situation; they just made the situation what it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was making me nervous because I was like, oh, Kim's not liking this. I'm like, Sarah's not going to like this. If Kim doesn't like this, the odds are not fair that Sarah's going to like this. I'm going to have to spend an hour defending myself for choosing this. Isn't it and nice I'm gonna... not to have to do that? Oh <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, okay. I warned them. I warned them implicitly. Explicitly. Yeah, you kept saying that to me. Hold that. Um, so it, it's quite pleasant to be sitting here going, oh man, you guys liked it. <laughs> it's almost like i know how to pick good books almost whatever mm, i recognize there are some <laughs> that i enjoy that you guys do not enjoy but you picked the uh midnight clear anthology i didn't read it beforehand i did not read it Kim, your pointing points to me on my screen <laughs> <laughs> on mine she's pointing to me <laughs> i did not read a midnight clear beforehand so i actually thought you were gonna be like and who picked from blood and ash uh well i could also match that one and some others (laughs) wait what's the other because you have a very angry look on your face in the ravenous dark oh yes Any others? So that's She's it. Just that's... Her head. <laughs> oh, there were others. I I remember having episodes like that, but 
not to the point that I remember their titles or specifically Ironically, what they were about. Both involved vampires. Toy soldiers. I think that one. The toy shop. No, that was the toy store. Oh, that was, that was me, but I liked that one, so I'm not going to defend was, you on it. So that was Kim. It's really weird trying to point to a screen. I'm like pointing next to me makes it look like I'm pointing back at the window. Um. Okay, so what about the side characters? Did you guys have any favorite side characters? Isaac, but we got a, a page of him, so. It's like, I think I remembered Luca the best and I found him entertaining. I wouldn't say like, I was like, oh great, Luca's in the scene. I'm so excited, that sort of thing. But I was just like, oh, that Luca, he's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny. Oh, I like Teddy a lot for some reason. Like anytime right? Teddy showed up, I was like, awesome. I like him. Um, I love that Teddy and what's her name ended up together, but only for hookups. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just for hookups. <laughs> well, and I love the fact that we have a prologue and an epilogue, and it's Teddy framing this for us. I don't know why, but it works so well as the way to introduce and end this portion of the story. Particularly if they do go on, they can use Teddy again to introduce and and set up and so i would love to see teddy like become this thing that weaves throughout and him not even know it like like he doesn't even he's just fumbling along and i love it he's just trying to be a good dad <laughs> he's just a good guy oh. yeah you think he'd be like a sleazeball character but no yep, he's yep. just a good dude yeah he tries to yeah. be good for his stars and and his family and He's just like, this is just a right. means to make money. Well, I even like, but not was... at the expense of others. Like you know, yeah, but not at the expense of others. Own stuff. He's respectful. Yeah, I like the fact that Steph, right? The yeah, his agent. Um, she was a badass, 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 badass. And then when he finally, ultimately does the thing, she doesn't actually drop him. So she's not quite the badass she was pretending to be. So well, that's yeah. I think. It worked out better and she, you know she was still yeah and that's what she specializes in yeah <laughs> yeah yeah she realized she could get some money out of that but yeah no i i, I also I loved her good i loved her weird obsession with machino cherries yeah I, yeah made me want cherries <gasps> i was like i can feel that like like yeah, your stress just... response is machino cherries i i could get behind that stress response <laughs> yep uh so were you saying anything else tim about those side characters sunny i liked sunny um i did too at first i thought i was gonna hate sunny because of her obsession with lube and sex toys and i'm just like christ that i was a do this for the entire book but yeah but they kind of the writers just kind of introduced like funny things yeah and didn't make them an obsessive thing in in the story so that was nice although the the um cookie was it cookie flavored blue but that was like the sugar, sugar cookie, cookie sugar cookie yeah i'm like that, i no, thought that was I'm a little funny and then flavor. the gingerbread lotion yeah i'm glad that one ended when it did it was getting a little much i'm like this is going to be as bad as honeydew in the one book is we're gonna have to contemplate gingerbread, gingerbread lotion and and sugar cookie lube yeah but it it, it thankfully died out before it went it went a little long but it, it died out before it it got too long and i was getting annoyed so uh, 
I enjoyed it only because I was like, oh man, if this goes wrong, those are some hilarious, like awkward things to associate with Christmas that now have like <laughs> other associations. Um, yeah. So I, I found I found that funny, and uh, I liked Sunny. I loved, I almost like the fact that she was so in your face about like the toys, the, the lube, the sex positivity, that it allowed them to pull B back a little bit. B didn't have to be so flamboyant about the sex work because they had Sunny there to kind of remind you of how weird it could be. Um, yeah, so I kind of sure liked that, true. that balance is it allowed B to just be. And Sunny was our reminder that, oh, yeah, she does have a suitcase full of sex toys. She does have that many different types of lube. Um, instead of B having to be the one to tell us and remind us how extreme she can be. So that was kind of nice. I don't know that I would want Sunny to be a main character, though. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't I found know her to be a bit would... much. Yeah, I don't know. As you just said, though, that makes it work. But I would not want a book with her as a main character. Yeah, I would like her to come back if they did other stories with other people as main characters. I would like to see her come back. Yeah, not as a main character, as a bit of a foil for for you know whatever else they're doing in order. Yeah, and and to keep that that theme, like you said, it 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 enables the the sex work to be. Remind present reminder as people yeah. act normally yeah yeah um yeah. so i did like her for that and then i'm trying to think i also liked Gretchen and pearl um their little dynamic was kind of like kind of cute who were those two? oh the pearl, writer the and director and the writer yeah. yeah and then Gretchen yeah. was just kind of there just a teen star but i i liked the fact that they're like why are you doing this Gretchen? you you know, you were you. You've you've won awards, and she's like, "I want my girlfriend to have health care insurance." And it was like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, fair, fair. And and interestingly enough, when it comes to Hollywood, yeah, acting, um, any of that, being able to do that one thing that gets you into the Writers Guild or the Actors Guild, um. That is a huge thing in Hollywood. It is huge. Um, yeah. So the, these writers clearly know a bit about this industry because, yeah, that's that is a major thing. I have, you know, actors will go to their their agents and say, "You've got to get me something because I need X number of hours, and I haven't met those hours so that I can maintain my insurance or however it, it breaks down." Yeah. So she she needed a title to her name so that she could either stay in the guild or maintain her insurance, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And when you have friends in the industry that are, are successful, they will do anything for their friends to get them that, that yeah. thing they need so they can maintain their lives. Cause your average actors and writers, not your big names, they don't make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want your insurance so that you can continue living this base lifestyle you've got going on, uh, you'll do anything to do it. Yeah. No, I, I liked that. And I liked that, that recognition of, of, you know, we always are like, why did that actor do that? No name movie or that weird thing. And it's like, maybe they just needed health insurance, health insurance. <laughs> or that one paycheck. 
yeah through until the next movie and and you know they were they're 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 contracted to do a movie but not until this time and they need to make money between now and this time yeah so you you know you you do whatever you can and just hope that it doesn't destroy you Is Sarah oh, frozen right. or is she just looking? No, she's just looking down. She's looking down. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to discuss about the book? Uh, well, I agree with Kim that I was intrigued by Isaac's character and I wish we'd gotten more on that. Um, I would, that was actually when I really wanted to know if this was a series because I was like, oh, maybe all three of the guys have their own stories or whatever. But again, there is no series. That we know of yet. Fingers crossed. But I I would not, I don't know, I would like to know more about the boy band history. I would not want a whole book dedicated to that per se. And I definitely would not want a whole book going through like Brooklyn dying. That seems real downer. Um, But (laughs) I would like to see, you know, depressing. (laughs) I like to see them recovering from that. So like Isaac moving on from that. Yeah. I would love well, to get more of that. I actually, you know, once Amber that. started talking about Teddy and, and him being a thread through all of these books, I wouldn't mind seeing Teddy kind because he's already got Column. So now maybe he comes away, for, you know, we get Column's story and then maybe we'll get Isaac's story and, um, and Teddy being that through line. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I have Amber's to doing real quick. Okay. I was, but I got to pause this real quick because my timer's going off. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was trying to see if I could see anything that confirms if they're doing another book. Um, I don't think so, but this did only come out two months ago. And I don't know how well it has done. I know it's on all of the lists, like the like one of the books that they recommend um, for the holiday season. So, and it could be that they're just going to do a holiday book for you know a you know we're not going to get anything until next Christmas. Yeah. So. Yeah. But hopefully, I I would be down for it for um, well, because they they said Caleb is Jewish, so they could do. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know, maybe they do them for different holidays. Maybe we finally get a good Hanukkah story. (laughs) You know, at this time of year. Yeah. You know, they they could. I'm sure there's good ones out there. Just I'm sure there's ones we only tried the matzo ball. It was just not. (laughs) So I, I read one. I just didn't love it massively, but it was pretty good. And I know a lot of the book talk jewish content um people have been talking about the book and that's how to excavate a heart it was just very very young adult for me so i wasn't madly in love with it um but it was perfectly fine of course it was actually set over the christmas time frame not actually over hanukkah but it was you know talking about what it's like to be jewish at christmas um it is really weird because i can just see sarah's torso (laughs) um oh and now there's a snake sneaky snake okay so do you guys want to get into our ratings then yeah sure thing okay the first rating is do you remember sarah 
it's excitement notebook is in the box somewhere um, excitement it's excitement so okay yeah because i think it's, it's how exciting ease of reading emotional reaction yeah how exciting yeah, so great. sarah how exciting did you find this book like a four okay okay why not a five i just wasn't like glued to it i mean i could read it okay. very easily um there was not a point where i was like oh god this is just dragging and I was invested. I wanted to see what happened. But yeah, it wasn't like. I wasn't like full drive. I have to know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kim. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. I didn't uh, think there was anything overly exciting that happened in it, but it, it, it was a fun read. So. I keep it a five. Um, I found it exciting. I, I think I read it the first time, like within like a day, maybe a day and a half because of obligations and I was quite happy to be reading it again so soon I mean I only read it like in August so I was willing to turn around and read it a couple of months later so I found it quite exciting uh Kim ease of reading five are you sure because you really fought it there at the beginning <laughs> okay four <laughs> okay because you, you guilted me into it <laughs> just make it sure it was easy to read i was just i i was just i was yeah dragging your me. feet okay yeah. i was fighting sarah it's easy to read yeah same i don't i don't think there's anything it's not like not a challenging writing or reading level to it um just no like really too tough of content to tackle and it's not boring. So yeah, I give it a five too. Sarah, how exciting did you find or emotional reaction? I don't know why I'm mouthing I'm mimicking okay, Kim. Can you guys pause just for a second? Okay. Emotional reaction, Sarah. Uh probably a five. Okay. Okay. Kim? I'm gonna say five. I actually cried. Oh, for my rules for my rules that's an automatic five <laughs> yep even if sarah does not agree to these rules it's not that i don't agree it's just that you break them willy-nilly so it's like they're not even really <laughs> rules they don't mean anything well i gave this one a five i did, did cry? not cry no but i did <laughs> laugh out loud multiple times <laughs> yeah so it was the happy equivalent of crying. Um, <laughs> so, Sarah, your overall rating. I think cantaloupe slander aside, I would still give this a five. Oh, nice. I didn't know that you'd given it a five star. So cool. I didn't rate it on Goodreads so that you'd be I know. in suspense. And that's we what you're pondering. We discussed that this afternoon. It's like she hasn't rated it yet, but she's done. She's I was like, yeah, be tricky. tricky. <laughs> Kim, your overall rating. I rated it a four. I'm going to stick with a four. I did. I did argue with the book in the beginning. So you, you struggled to settle in. Yep. And I gave it a five star. I, I, I enjoy it. I love it. The, the, the smutty content doesn't bother me. I, I didn't ever feel it was too gratuitous. Um, some of the situations were a little silly, but I enjoyed them. Um, and it just it was a good plot. Good character development. It worked. Uh, any other final thoughts on this one? 
Yeah. Okay. So I think after this, we have our, we haven't recorded it yet, but we have our second part of Krampus coming out. And then we'll be starting the new year, which for those who are not aware, we are going to be doing for the beginning of the year, a trilogy. Oh, I can't think of it like a good, like rhyming word for it. Because we're going to like, we're, we're having like a standoff between trilogies. We've each picked one. And we're going to each read the first book at the same time. Then we're going to read the second book of each trilogy and then the third book. And we're going to discuss them both individually and how they compare to each other to see who picks the best trilogy. Um, I'm going to have to see if I can come up like a, with like a special scoring system or something. That way we can like properly score this and not make it arbitrary so that Sarah can't complain. <laughs> I just, is there going to be like an appeals process if your scoring system is like <laughs> bullshit? Yeah. Yes. I, I have, I have plenty of time to figure out my scoring system and, you know, I will then pass it by you guys. So you guys can deny, veto, approve as necessary. Um, and it's, it should be fun because we have, Kim has picked uh, the Locked Tomb series which is Gideon the Ninth, Harold the Ninth, and Nona the Ninth. Technically, there is a fourth book to that series, but it hasn't come out yet, so it we're treating it as a trilogy. It's not disqualified. It's not it, hasn't been, it hasn't been written yet. And if you're going to make me and, pick an actual trilogy, we're probably no, going no. with Lord of the Rings. We're good with Gideon the Ninth. <laughs> we, we are going with those. Kim desperately wants to read them. She Thank knows you. she's coming in with a slight hindrance since it is three instead of four, although the story is being told over four stories. Sarah has picked the, what is the series called? Sholomance. The Sholomance series, which is the graduate. The last graduate, uh, but before that, there's a different one. Oh my goodness, what are they? I have them. <laughs> There's the Golden Enclaves is the last one. The last graduate yes. is the second one. A Deadly educa Education. So A Deadly Education, The Last Graduate, and The Golden Enclave. And then I have picked The Poppy War, which is like The Poppy War, and I can't remember the title of the other two books right off the top of my head. So we are going to see who picks the overall best book, see if they adhere to Kim's requirements for good trilogy stand you know all of that kind of stuff uh so if you have not gotten those books i recommend grabbing them so you can join along with them most libraries should have all of them you can always check them out at your local library i think that's it for today so on that note our intro and outro music is by grant newman and is called the battle of the nile from epidemic sound don't forget to like rate and subscribe to book pile banter on spotify amazon music itunes or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts we'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms such as on instagram or tiktok you can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter you can also support us on bookshop.org our link is available via our social media you can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you